Hello, welcome to Rich Channel's Left Square Theatre Podcast. This week's guest is Louisa Omelan. You must stick around and see it. Don't just watch this bit. I know a lot of you just like the bit before the podcast, but stay this week because it's a really good one. Uh, if you enjoy these, why not come and see me on tour? My show is called Happy Now. I'll be touring the UK through February through to June 2016. Go to com slash happy underscore now slash tour and you can find out if and when I'm coming near to you. It's been selling quite well, so maybe book ahead. Go figure. I, I, it confuses me, but maybe it won't sell well in 2016, so book some tickets anyway. Anyway, now it's time for the podcast. Go and have a look at it with your eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, I still haven't thought of it. Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's worried that he has eaten a lot of weevils by mistake. It's Richard Herring. Crime does not pay. That is the answer to that. Welcome to another episode of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. That's what it's called. That's its official name. Or as some of the younger kids are calling it now, Rehearlerstapa. Ah, they got you're much better than last week's audience. They hardly joined in with that at all. Uh, and so let's meet some of the let's meet some of the crew. Let's, there's a guy here. He might be from the police because he's got police written on his t-shirt. So I think you are you a policeman? You're under you're an undercover policeman. You're doing well. And you're drinking beer through a straw. What? Why why are you drinking beer with a straw? Is that make you more drunk? Is that the idea? Why have you got a straw? What's wrong with you? You got him a straw? Was he having, were you having trouble? Have you got like some kind of problem with your mouth that you can't drink properly and then I'm, I've brought that up? You like to mother him? What's your relationship? Is it, are you his mother? <laughs> it's weird how it's like Benjamin Mutton thing going on, clearly, because she's a lot younger than you are. What, what's your name? Jennifer. Jennifer, that's a lovely name. What do you do, Jennifer? Do you? You're good at it as well. She works in communications. Uh, I, I, she told me that and I understood. That's good. What do you, what do you really do? So what's your name? I'm Paul. You're Paul and you're in IT. That's fine. He's in, that's good to know. Anyone? Hands up if you're in IT. Look at that. It's every, every hand in there. Everyone at the back as well. You can't see, can't see him on this because that's... No, they're just like a sea of red. They're all wearing red t-shirts. Uh, what is the best thing about working in IT? What's the most interesting and best thing? That no one understands it. No one understands it, but you do because you can communicate. Can you? Did you, if you if people come up to and say to say something to him, and then you can tell them what he thinks? Yeah. What's the best thing about working in IT? Working with me. Working with us. Do you work? Do you work in the same place? Yeah. What What do you? What does the business do? Housing, Housing. making it, destroying it. Giving it to rich people and, and not allowing poor people to sleep in it. The opposite, helping poor people get houses. <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> good. Well, that's very nice. I'd love to meet you. We're going to crack straight on with the... It's love to meet the audience. And you. Have you been before to see Rahel Estepa? Yeah. Yeah, I recognise you, but I don't recognise... She's a, she's a woman without a beard. Uh, it's very confusing. So, uh, my guest this week uh, is probably best known as Samira from Krakenori. That's why we're all here. Will you please welcome? I've had to, I've ex- I pronounced her name wrong backstage. She told me how to pronounce it, and now I've just got a thousand names, fly- got a thousand different pronunciations flying around in my head. It's Louisa Amelan. She's definitely wrong. Here she is. Come in, sit down, pull up a microphone. How are you Thank doing? Thank you. Very well. Very how- excited to be here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's lovely to have you. 
Thank you. Yeah, very exciting. Was that my name in Krakenori? I didn't even remember Samira. what my character was called, was it? What, what happened in that episode of Krakenori? I can't even remember. I was hungover for most of the recording, <laughs> so I can't remember. It was um, it was good. I think we had to eat a, a dead person, something like that. The what? usual acting. What was yeah. Krakenori? It was like a rude version. Of, was it was Jack and Ori for adults. Is that was that um, the idea? I, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I didn't read the brief. I just. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. It's good to know. You also played a woman with big hooped earrings in Miranda Hart's show. Um, I think you'll find that's uh, that's not a character. That's uh, <laughs> very much uh, part of my thing. Yeah, the, I like big hooped earrings. Yes, and Miranda earrings. got attached to me. Yeah, in a in a Christmas special episode. Right. Yeah, I was girl with big hoop earrings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she didn't have a name. No. Not like Samira. Not like Samira. You can't even remember her. <laughs> Let's call her something. So, well. Let, so you've sort of sprung out. It's sprung out from the public's mind, maybe from sort of nowhere, I guess, because you did I guess so. you, your first show. What would Beyonce do? Yes, a very rare thing. I shouldn't really have you on the show because it'll give young comedians the false idea no. that you can go to Edinburgh with no one knowing who you are and come out of Edinburgh. And as your a dreams sort of, can come true <laughs> as a star because they it was can. it was one of those shows. It was a show that kind of didn't get any pre-publicity, as a lot of yeah. things do now. And then over the course of the three weeks. Became yeah. the, the kind of big hit of Edinburgh what, two or three years ago, I guess. Yeah, it was. So um, I started it on the free fringe. So I um, I found it really difficult to get an agent or a PR or a person. But I've been working in comedy for a while, but I've done like sketch and yeah. sitcom stuff and improvisation stuff. And um, I'd gone up to Edinburgh every year of the last uh, five or six years. But I'd done uh, improvisation shows, children uh, children shows, different types of shows. But it was my first solo show. And um, I get bored watching straight stand up, I find it so boring. And so I thought, I know, I, do you know what I like? Beyonce. People like Beyonce. <laughs> I've got an idea. Why well, don't every time I get bored play a Beyonce song? This is like genius. And so I started doing that. And then people were like, oh, why don't you make the Beyonce song relevant to your material? And I was like, <laughs> hello, there's an idea. And so I took it out to Edinburgh, but I couldn't get an agent or promoter or anybody to back it. Yeah. They weren't interested in it. Um, and, that's, and luckily for me, audiences loved it, and it was them that built it. And I actually played here last year, so it came to the West End. I had a West yeah. End run, yeah, here. So, yeah, it's nice to be back. And yeah. you did. When I saw your second show, I didn't see what would Beyonce did, but I saw your second show. Uh, Am I right, ladies? Am I right, ladies? Where I was a rare man in the Ooh. audience, but I was a man in the audience. I, yes. I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Do you, find, do, you is that, do you find that men aren't going to your shows as much? Is that, is that true? Um, I think more men are coming to Amorite right, Ladies than they are to what Beyonce do. What right. Beyonce do, it was men that had their girlfriends had dragged them along. Yeah. Um, but they'd come out and they were like, oh, actually, uh, I really enjoyed that. Thanks. <laughs> like, oh, you're welcome. Um, but with Amorite right, Ladies, there's lots of men come. I had stag dudes come to Amorite right, Ladies. Yeah. And they enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know. If initially the joke was on them, but like, yeah, <laughs> it turned around quite nicely. But I mean, it's a, it's a very uh, positive. Uh, both shows, I think, are very positive. F- f- you know, female female shows. Uh, yes, well, about uh, body yeah. image and yeah. about uh, about. Well, you don't describe yourself as a feminist, though. You don't like being described as a uh, feminist. Is that true? Or I, is I mean, I am a feminist, I guess, but I, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I'm you just. Are. I'm just. I am what I am. <laughs> like, I just. Um, I like being funny and I'm bored of nonsense. And so I like doing comedy that, you know, engages and expresses those two traits. Yeah. So it's important to call myself a feminist because it's part of the movement that, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) That's how politically aware I am. It's part of a movement that whatever. So... Yeah, but uh, you know, I don't think you need to. You don't need to necessarily put labels in. And what you're doing is being, you know, it's it is a very positive show, and I guess 
I mean, I, 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 I read this stuff where you go, men don't like strong women and men don't like funny women, and I, which yeah. I can't really identify with because yeah, I not. really love those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I love about women. So it seems weird to me if that was genuinely the truth that you would be off I mean my audience are mainly men and they're all terrified of you but that's just because you are a woman it's nothing uh, to do with you <laughs> the most of them have never that one's managed to get a girlfriend which is unbelievable well done yeah. and he works in IT and he's pretending to be in the police uh, so yeah. <laughs> everything against you you still put it out yeah I like it so what you had a big hit with the with our, our sort of um, internet viral hit with the, the bit from Am I Right yeah, Ladies yeah so I did the thigh gap so I did the gala in Australia so I did what Beyonce did in Australia earlier this year and you had to do like a three and a half minute set um, for a televised gala and um, on the night you were playing to like two and a half thousand people like no one laughed it was really bad like I came out and I was like I did, and I did it and I performed it like I was nailing it so yeah. before I went out somebody's like just perform it like you're nailing it so I performed I really delivered it like yeah I'm killing this and no one laughed people to go into the toilet they go into the bar and I was like this is so humiliating but just pretend you're nailing it and I came off and I was like oh that was a waste of time and then I came home, went out on TV, no response, nothing. Like one tweet being like, oh, who's that girl with the weird trousers? That was it. Um, and then I posted it on Facebook, mainly for my mum to see and my friends to see. And the next thing I know, it started getting hits and hits and shares. And now it's on 29 million views. So, yeah. So thank you. Thank you, three people. Thank you. Thank you. But it's, it's about... I mean, I think because when it's, it's so weird. And I, as being yeah. an older person, yeah. I remember one on TV and everyone was allowed to be on TV, whatever you yeah. look like. And if you look back at... Especially like an academic shows yeah. in, the, in the past, you, if you ca ever catch like an old episode of whatever, uh, late review kind of stuff, the people on it are, are normal people and to the extent they look ridiculous to the modern eye because yeah. on TV now yeah. you all have to look in exact a certain way in exact certain, yeah. and you're a very attractive woman and yet Thank you're still you. you're still having trouble with yeah. going to LA and people telling yeah. you not you yeah, I found got it the difficult. right body shape or whatever so I, um, so I went to uh, um, LA and I hired a little theatre 60 seat theatre outside yeah. there and tried to put on what would Beyonce do and to invite different agents and things and my agent Debbie Allen came out with me right and um um, it was before. It was like the fourth night, and I've been dying every night because they don't laugh. They just judge you. They don't like you. They just judge you. And afterwards, they go, "Oh my god, you're amazing!" And you're like, "Really? Just tell your freaking face next time." Like they do not show any love. And um, I was I was crying before I went on. I was like, "Debbie, I can't do it. I can't do another fourth night. This is so humiliating." She was like, "Look, Louisa, Sarah Silverman's manager came in yesterday. She said you're too fat and you haven't got enough jokes. But I've gotten somebody else in there tonight. So why don't you go have another go?" <laughs> And I was like, um, thanks for the pep talk, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> Wiping my tears. And then I went on stage, and then halfway through, I was like, do you know what? Apparently, I'm too fat for you lot. So I pulled my trousers down. I was like, bite me. <laughs> and like, as soon as I did that, they were like, oh, my God, she's amazing. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's quite funny that showing that makes people laugh. Like, it's literally basic humour. Like, it's... But, it, but it's also, I think, because most people, how, you've, you know, m most of us don't have perfect bodies. And so most people on the, watching the internet don't look like the perfect yeah, ideal yeah, of yeah. Ma male or female. Yeah. And so to see someone actually saying it and showing, and, and then going, look, here you go, yeah. and here's my tummy, yeah. there's my tummy. there's your tummy. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, I, I think especially with a, for, for a woman. It's, it's, a, like, it's amazing how it's resonated with people. And, yeah. like, I think what I like, I think the other thing with the feminist thing, either here or there, 
I think lots of people like my shows, whether you're a man or a woman. And I, I do stuff that I find funny. Like you were talking, like I've heard you talk about before, like you do stuff for you that you find funny. And for me, that stuff is funny. And what I find ridiculous is I'm going out for dinner with friends and they're ordering salads when we're in a freaking steak restaurant. You're like, mate, what, the f- what are you doing ordering a salad? Like, come on now. Like, enjoy your food. It's not going to make a blind bit of difference. Like, just stop it and enjoy yourself. And I find that just nonsense. I'm bored of it. I'm so bored of it. Yeah. Well, there's a very positive message, but you're all very honest, I think, also about yeah. the things, in, you know, about your depression yeah. and about not having a boyfriend. If yeah. that's, I don't know if that's still the case. but it's story of my life, yeah. <laughs> not having but, a boyfriend, yeah. But, you know, you're honest about it, and, and, and but it's still very upbeat... Yeah, show. but that's what people responded to in Beyonce. With Beyonce, I wrote a very, very honest show um, and was very honest and very uh, flaws and all, everything. Like, I broke down and cried on stage and um, just bought, like, bed everything for the audience. And they really identified with it. And I felt so comforted by that. And I didn't care that I wasn't doing well with industry or that I wasn't doing well in comedy circles because I love making a connection with human beings and feeling like part of something. And so when it came to the second show, it was, it was tapping into that same essence of what would Beyonce do which is making a connection with people and being honest about stuff that that we really should have more of a a conversation about yeah yeah so yeah well again I think that's because again a lot of people I think comedy that's honest is not exclusively but is is really interesting to people yeah and it does make that connection if you show your vulnerability yeah but I think what's it is you know you're so confident as well as yeah well. yeah it's high status but it's, it's being insecure but high status is all it is <laughs> it's just putting on its head because normally if you're high status you're like i'm amazing just look, <laughs> look at my dick i don't know if i can say dick sorry um you can say anything you can want. i oh can you i can say fine. motherfucker oh motherfucker like. motherfucker motherfucker <laughs> right it's it's high status whereas um with my show i'm like i've got cellulite to the back of my knees and sometimes i hate myself so much i want to cut my own arms <laughs> am i right bitches yeah and everyone's like wow <laughs> but i think you know it is tapping into something that is part of the modern world in that i think it's so crazy i mean it's a lot of people have talked about that kind of you know the magazine things aren't realistic about body yeah. image and teeth, but it's got so crazy that, it's that ridiculous i'm getting messages from girls that are going um before i watched your video i was really worried about my th- not having a thigh gap and now i watch your video and i feel better about myself and i'm like jesus babe you've got bigger problems if what my videos made you feel better about yourself like, <laughs> that's quite that's quite alarming I think we have got problems <laughs> but you're getting an audience that you say isn't a typical stand up audience I don't think they're typical stand up no. no like so when I did Soho Theatre I had a few um, runs at Soho Theatre and then um, Steve um, Locke the guy there he was like it's amazing the audiences you're bringing into Soho because I was getting girls from all different backgrounds black girls Asian girls girls wearing like scarves and stuff around their head again politics and thing ain't my strong point um but people from all different backgrounds that were coming in and really enjoying it and losing their shit over it they were loving it and they were people that wouldn't regularly go to a stand-up night but i wouldn't regularly go to a stand-up night no so it was it's quite um for me i'm quite happy that they've found me and i found them yeah so let's try. What did you do before? I've seen you went to work. At, you went on to do some stuff at Second City. Yes, yeah, so I went to Chicago yeah. for a bit um, and uh, did Second City and I owned a comedy sports theatre yeah. and. Um, just did classes in improvisation and clowning and sketch writing, topical joke writing. So was that before, or was that during? That was before been, Beyonce. So um, yeah, before I, you, yeah. yeah, so I wanted to be a comedian since I was really young. I've always wanted to do comedy, um, but my mum wanted me to go to university with the hope of getting a proper job. So I did performing arts at university. 
um, which she was really pleased about. <laughs> and um, I did stand-up comedy at uni. Yeah. And then um, I did a few, like I did The Frog and Bucket in Manchester. And um, I got reviewed being like, oh, smutty set oh, by awful Louise Omelan. And I was like, oh, I can never do comedy again. No, I can't. I'll quit my lifelong dream because of that one man's opinion. I think that's a really sensible idea. So then I was like, oh, I'll do improv. That'll be better. Yes, improvisation. And then, um, and then I was dating a guy who I was crazy in love with, and he dumped me. And um, I'd be walking around London and be like, everything reminds me of him. I know what I'll do. I'll move to Chicago. Great plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to Chicago. <laughs> But my visa only allowed me to stay there for three months, so I had to come back. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but while I was out there, everybody was like, wow, you're so brave doing comedy and clowning in Chicago. And I was like, yeah, I'm so brave. <laughs> really, I was just avoiding Mike's boyfriend and crying on the tube. <laughs> That's the only reason that I left. But Second City's where a lot of the American people, yeah. a lot of the American stars have, have emerged. Yeah, they? they're the people that I like. like. It's all like John Candy and Mike Myers and people like that yeah. weren't there. Yeah, like Tina Fey and all of those guys have been there. Amy Poehler. Did all of them have yeah. been there. And they're training is amazing and also here I think in England if you say oh, I want to be a comedian I want to be in, in entertainment I want to be in comedy I want to be rich and famous I want to be an actress I want to be a performer here they're like you're a dickhead like it's not going <laughs> to happen who do you think you are and I also found when I was younger it was very much um, for people with money that career it was you had to go to drama school and you had yeah. to go to a very established drama school some little weird kid with Polish parents spoke Polish first language like wouldn't wouldn't get far in that career whereas in America they're like good for you get your dreams <laughs> yeah you can do it and you're like yeah maybe I can <laughs> I think well I think that's got more the case certainly with acting that because it's when I came no, I came to London in 1989 mm. and didn't have anything and you were able to rent a room in a house for 60 pounds a week and oh, wow. you know and and be able to eat baked potatoes and get by on and you know I had things like the enterprise allowance I did where you got actually wow. had your rent paid and you got 40 quid a, a week that and that was amazing. enough to get by on in yeah. London in 1989 so it meant you could be I mean I was a middle class lad yeah. but I didn't you know I didn't we didn't come with anything uh, and and you could and you had some time to to launch yourself, whereas now, now yeah. the idea, you know, you sort of have to come to London, and if you do, then where the hell are you going to live? Yeah, it's, it's you, difficult. I really, I really respect comedians, especially coming through now. Like, it's it's such a sacrifice, I think, for, yeah. for, for your quality of life. Like, like, I had to move back home to my mum's house. I was living at my mum's house at the age of 29. Like, I'd be walking around my town centre where I'm seeing all my friends with, on their third baby, buying their second house, being like, when, when are you going to give it up, Louisa? <laughs> And, like, I'd be like, never, never, I'm, I'm sure one day. Um, and, like, it's, it's hard to, to do comedy. It's quite a sacrifice, I think. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's... But I think it's just got hard. I think that's the reason, Yeah. you know, there's some of the acting, which is, again, I think so. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great actors, but there's, there's so much demand that if you... And, so you know, there's so few parts and so many actors yeah. that if you were able to sit back and... And, and not have to worry yeah, about yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got a better chance. Though on the other hand, I also do think that um, if you have, if you've got everything given to you in your life, you're not going to work hard. You know, Absolutely you're not, so agree, if you yeah. if you actually have to really work for something, you really want to do it. And I think the most successful comedians, especially yeah. but also actors, really have had to work. You have to yeah, push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. If, and if you're not, if you don't have to do that, if you, you are starving, it. you yeah, have yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally so you, you agree with that. You quickly find out you want to do it. Yeah, yeah, not. yeah. Totally. I completely agree with that. And when I was younger, I genuinely thought if I graduated, I'd get an agent and that'd be it. Like I'd made it. Yeah. I really thought that was the answer. And I graduated with the first. I got picked for the showcase. I did really, really well at university, and I couldn't get an agent for Love Normal money and then like 
Only now, 10 years later, have I got an agent and a team. And you go, shit, it's still not up to an agent. It's still up to me. <laughs> like, you have to put the work in. It's it all, is, it's true. And you have to hustle, 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 hustle. And hopefully use your team around you to facilitate that. But you are, you're the one that has to do all the work. Yeah. And, you know, it's so, also interesting that it's still... I think people, if they seen you from outside we go oh that you know that girl just appeared out of nowhere as an joking, overnight success yeah. and then it's sort of that 10 years of yeah 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 and you go well let them think it's an overnight success alright mate you try and, <laughs> you try and have the same success yeah babe you try and have the same success good luck with that <laughs> but it's got so competitive that's the thing you know like again when I went to Edinburgh first of all there might be 30 shows and now yeah. there's 800 shows or whatever there is. So I think you have to think of stand-up almost as a business, especially when it comes to Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. Well, in terms of I did, so in terms of you don't just need um, a good show. You have to know how to market your show. You have to make sure your posters are right, make sure the time is right, in the right venue. And a lot of comedians, bless them, they're quite autistic. Like, they don't really get those aspects so they'll go up with a show and be like oh I'm at three o'clock you know in Glasgow and you're like well mate that's not that's not going to get you very far is it so I think you have to think there's more things to think about as, yeah. as well as being funny but then at the same time I also th- um, hugely agree with if you have an excellent show people will find you yeah Just I think I'm to, you know, to an extent but there, might, there must be I mean there's lots of excellent comedians who never yeah. get discovered beyond you know, the, yeah. the famous you know, someone like Simon Munnery within comedy circles everyone yeah. knows him and thinks he's amazing but yeah. the general public will probably never encounter him I think and that's a, you know, that's, yeah. that makes you go oh this is terrible because Simon's yeah. one of the biggest geniuses in yeah, his generation course. so you know i think it's there's ups and downs with it but i think but does I think, he want that do you think does he want know, or i don't know isn't if he, he quite happy where i think he probably is but yeah. you know it still seems a shame that, that yeah, of course. Kind of talent doesn't get discovered necessarily in the way but yeah of course he's a i think i heard adam buxton's podcast which is very good should um, you, know, you all listen to it anyway i don't i hate to say it because he's sort of doing the same thing as me just better uh, yeah. but uh, you know he was talking about him and john him and john ronson meeting an award ceremony they both lost that and you know you look at adam buxton and john ronson you think those are two very successful yeah, men. Yeah. but they were saying how they both lost and how they were marginal figures and adam had said we're marginal and that's why we're never going to win those big things and actually that's a positive thing you know that you're doing your own thing on the margins. Yeah, it's So it depends what weird. you want. It depends if you want to be a big superstar or if you just yeah, want to do, yeah, the, yeah. do the work. Uh, I want to be a Both. big superstar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be, uh, so when you went to America, did, 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 anything, come out, did anything come out of your um, American jaunt? Um, well, putting my trousers down came out of it and yeah. that got me the 29 million. So that kind of worked in <laughs> yeah. hindsight. Um, and I think it sounds really cheesy, but I think in terms of challenging yourself and making yourself really uncomfortable uh, makes you slightly stronger when you come back to when you come back home yeah like so that was good in terms of you go oh, do you know what if I fucking if I've done that out there I can if I pull my trousers down to strangers to Americans that hate me I can I can try and write a joke for the UK like, I can <laughs> I can try <laughs> and write a joke for the UK and also just the confidence I think I think the confidence yeah. from the schools and being surrounded by people and doing comedy every day I mean, I paid for the courses, but being around, you know, comedy thinkers yeah. every day was just very, very inspiring. And it just makes you go, this is what I want to do with my life. So, yeah. yeah. I can see you in, like, being in American movies and stuff. Though. I'd love to do that. Wow. I'd love... So next year, I'd like to... Um, my thigh gap video, yeah. most of the views are actually American. Okay. And so I want to try and organise a little tour next year in the States. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But um, if I could play like little 60-seater theatres around the States and travel for like six months, do yeah. that would be a dream. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'd love it. Well, see, that's if, you're, if you are single and have nothing holding you down. That's what well, that's what, that's what it is. Yeah, it's either that or I'll get pregnant in it. So... <laughs> 
But you must, you know, I can't, you say, again, I see you saying that lots of women hit on you after shows, but men don't hit on you, Do you after have, shows. Women hit on me all the time. Women come up to me <laughs> and they go, here's my boyfriend, you can have sex with him. Like, that's how much women like me, okay? <laughs> women love me, thank you, yes. Women love me. Men are like, they're big earrings. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please whip your willy out. Thank you. I don't believe you. Uh, it's true. So, uh, it's really true. You say that. I've had to learn. I'm trying to learn to be with guys and where they say something, like, even if I don't find it funny, just pretend to laugh. Just pretend to laugh. Pretend to laugh. I'm trying it. Yeah. It's hard. I know. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know, but it's so hard, babe. Like, there's only, like, come on, TikTok, TikTok. Like, there's only, yeah. <laughs> Try it. I won't. Don't worry, I won't. I won't give in. <laughs> and are you writing uh, autobiography? Is that happening? I, s- I mean, you say writing. Yeah. My room is very tidy at the moment. And <laughs> I have washed all my makeup brushes. <laughs> and I have rearranged, rearranged, rearranged all the files on my laptop into little folders. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> I am writing. It's a very important part of it all. Oh, mate, that's, I don't want to do it. That's as far as I get these days as well. That's all I'm doing all the time. Is it? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm terrible. I can't remember if it's procrastinator or prevaricator. Everyone picks me up when I get it wrong. Both, probably. Yeah, I'm both. one of the two. Procrastination. I can't even bother to look that up and find out which one I am. But you know, it's got so bad. I downloaded I paid £189 for an app where you talk into the computer and it types it for you. Like, it gets used to your own voice. Like, it was 108 It wasn't cheap. It wasn't like the Apple Mac regular one. It was like a specialised like, IT guy. You should know. Like, it's like a proper thing, right? £189. And I still avoid it. Like, I just don't do it. I just don't want to write the book. I've told them, though, I don't want to write it. I've said have the money back, but they're like, no. It's really, but I think writing a book is the hardest thing out of all the things you can write. It's so boring. It is boring. And it's really difficult to concentrate and it's very difficult to, you know, it's it's very hard, especially if I think you're used to doing something like stand up, which is a lot more improvisational and a bit more, you know, I I write a a stand up show by standing on stage and talking about the ideas until it comes out, right? Exactly, exactly. So the more you do that, the harder it gets to sort of sit down and think. But but then again, it's just, I think if you can just say, I'm going to sit down and just write. Well, the thing I do, I write my blog every day, and you just write. See, that's very disciplined to but, do you that. But because I've, I've, I've just I've got that kind of anal brain that means once I've started, I have to carry on doing it. But it's a great way of learning how to write, and also you get a thousand words down, and that's actually all that writing a book is. You just have to write a thousand the words, words for and stick it on a thousand words, and then you go back and look at it and go. Yeah. Unless you're Ben Elton, you you go back and look <laughs> at it and, and rewrite it. If you're Ben Elton, just go that'll do. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense compared to what just. No, it's good. It's good. It's I'm Ben Elton. I'm. I wrote the young ones. Uh, so uh, I am. I am good. I'll ask you some emergency questions. I've got some newer emergency questions. I'm very excited. Oh, exciting! About. It is very exciting. Uh, I've tried them once. They didn't work. Uh, I'm trying to avoid doing that. Oh, you know, people go there. I don't like the emergency questions. Only a few people, and then you change what you're doing, and oh, it, it I ruins like them. No, no, I'll do so. I'll do lots of them. Um, uh, if, well, I'll ask you this. If you were Prime Minister and you had to use nuclear weapons, would you use nuclear weapons if you were the Prime Minister? Because um, Jeremy Corbyn wouldn't, but David Cameron would. What would you do? Um, I, 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 wouldn't, no. I wouldn't use them, I don't think. I don't waste, think I'd, isn't it? Well, yeah, just a waste of money. It just seems well, it's a waste to have them and not use them. My problem with Jeremy Corbyn is if he said that, he might as well just say, let's not have nuclear weapons, which he sort of is saying as well, I suppose. Yeah, I, just, um, I mean, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question, <laughs> but I think, um, I think I'd probably just not use them. Okay. Not use them, yeah. 
I would definitely, I would definitely use them in some way. Would you? Yeah. Maybe like, maybe to give like the world a nice fireworks display, I'd like yeah. put them out into space and be like, hey, everybody have a day off. Look, woo. And then they'd find out that you destroyed the ozone layer. And they go, <laughs> it was worth it. Just speeding up with the inevitable. <laughs> They'll definitely go. They'll go off. Some, one will go off in our lifetime. Oh, don't say At that. At least Touch one. wood. At least one. Well, just make sure it's far you, away In your from lifetime, here. maybe. Not, I'm, I don't know how long I'm going to live. Uh, what crimes have you got away with that you've perpetrated uh, that you know you've never admitted before? What crimes have I got away with? You must have done with. some crimes. Um, I do like stealing. Well, yeah. when I was younger, I used to steal quite a lot. When I was younger, I used to steal mascara. Yeah. And then I got caught, and um, I started crying and blamed it on the fact that my granny died three years ago. Um, <laughs> That was quite fun. Um, what started else crying, the mascara started running and saying, see, look, it's not even any good. Uh, yeah, I'm well, not paying for this. I mean, I, I didn't actually have any mascara on, which is why I was buying it. But yes, I would have, I if that would have happened, yes. Um, I used to steal things that I didn't need mainly when oh, I was really? when I, in my early 20s. Now I steal things I do need, like pick and mix. Yeah. Uh, but, nah, but then I would steal, I'd often steal things I didn't really want. Like what? I can't remember. Like, well, I, I occasionally sold the printer cartridges are very expensive for my printer, and I did steal those, which was useful. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'd like I'd steal things. From, I stole well, a hairdryer from Boots. I um, I stole some. Photo- I still got it. <laughs> I never use it. I stole some photograph paper. Yeah. Um, from um, PC World when I used to work and it used to be promotional work and be like oh check out this printer and I um, stole some photograph paper yeah. and um, one time I was working in a bar in Zante and uh, we used to give everybody free shots like free shots free shots free shots and um, I gave somebody a free shot and the guy gave me like five pound or whatever for the shot and um, rather than being like oh no sir it's free like yeah. you don't need to pay me for the shot I put it in my pocket. I was like, oh, three, five pound, amazing. <laughs> and then the manager saw me steal it, called yeah. me over and was like, what have you just done? I just saw you steal. You stole not only from the guy, you stole from me, you stole from the bar. Um, you need to give the five pound back and, and, and you're fired. And um, I went to leave. And then as I was leaving, I just I just picked up some glasses and, and, and put them back. And then I just got the dishcloth and I just came back and wiped the tape. And then I just kept working. Um, <laughs> And then at the end of the day, he didn't pay me, but then he invited me back the next day. Wow. So I got fired and worked my way back into a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite tight of him to fire you over that, though. But it was stealing. He was like... Yeah, you, it's you, not. Well, because he said... Someone had given you five quid. That's all right. Well, I, well, I thought it was all right, because like, it was like a tip that he didn't know he was giving me. <laughs> but, um, but the manager didn't see it that way. No. No. Oh, when you're young, it's, you know, it's, it's fine when you're young. When you're 48 and you're stealing yeah. pick and mix, it's a bit tragic. Yeah, but you can, you can blame it on something else by then, can't you? Just yeah. dementia. Dementia. Yeah. And, you know, and the fact that I've never been caught. That's, I think, you know, I feel like a sort of pick and mix based Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I mean, that's better than being Jack the Ripper, right? I mean, if you. Yeah. And most people, if they go, well, who's worse, say... Richard Herring or Jack the Ripper? Most people say, I think Jack the Ripper was worse. And they go, which, which, should we have a museum to one of them? Which one will it be? Oh, Jack the Ripper, that's weird. I'd have, I'd have definitely had, I would have had Richard Heron if there was going to be one between the two. So I'm better than Jack the Ripper, I think. Yeah, but, marginally. You know, my, you know, but the pick and mix industry doesn't see me in that way. Uh, a, a pick they, and mix they, museum would be amazing. It would. Oh, it'd be amazing. I could make a museum out of all the pick and mix I'd stolen. <laughs> It would melt in the rain. Yeah. But it would be good while it was while it lasted. Yeah, I'd like that. I could steal so much pick and mix that I open my own pick and mix shop, and then and then make the money from that, and then build a museum. What's your favourite pick and mix? I don't really like any of them. They're horrible. (laughs) 
they're much too sugary and so it's disgusting. just for the thrill and they make me feel when I eat too many of them I get a bit tingly and feel like you know oh. I'm just on the edge of diabetes oh. uh, when you're driving along it's like my everyone's going watch out Rich that's it just ends of your fingers start tingling when you get older this happens okay. I hope or it might just be that I'm going oh, don't eat any more sweets oh, no, I've got to eat oh. I like the I like the, the my favourite one is the it's like a cola bottle but it tastes of bubble gum Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, the blue and pink yeah, ones. They're really nice. Ones. Those yeah. ones I steal. If you, you know, if you're out there and you operate a pick and mix shop and you see me come in, that's what well, that's. Wait till I'm hovering over that. That's when I will steal them. And even though I like taunting the pick and mix salesmen and manufacturers because they never catch me. I've got. I, I, I've said this before, but I, when I'm on a motorway, I tweet, "I'm on the M4. I am going to strike again." <laughs> And they, they still don't get me. Someone from W.S. Smith emailed me to say that they're on the lookout for me, but I don't know if that's just him. That's what would they do? I mean, what would they do if they caught me? I mean, if they put, if they put all these things, I've, times I've mentioned it together, they could get a good case. Yeah. But if it is literally me just taking one pick and mix, they're not going to go... Yeah, they're going to be like, mate, you can have it. Yeah. It's only a penny. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not. That's the point. If it was a penny, I wouldn't steal them. That's, that's the point I'm making. Are you like Robin Hood? I am. Well, I'm sort of like Robin Hood, trying to, trying to bring the prices of Pick and Mix down, but why what I'm doing actually increasing the price. I'm the main reason Pick and Mix is so expensive. It was. Do you think, if you have sex with a robot, that that counts as cheating on your partner? Because it doesn't. No. No, good. It's a slightly weighted question there, the way I asked it there. Because <laughs> if you disagree with me, you're an idiot. What do you think? It doesn't count. You should be able to have sex with a robot, right? Yeah, it's no difference And that's difference fine, even in your relationship. Yeah. Could you talk to my wife about that? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have a word. And then invent a sex robot I'll that have I could a, have sex with. I will, I will lend her a sex machine. Okay. Yes. I don't really want a sex machine. I want a robot. You know, there, I know there are apparently... There's, can, there's sex machines plug, that are like robots. You can plug a, a, like a vagina thing into your car, no, uh, cigarette no. lighter. Oh, okay. no, they're, they're gross. They're gross. I understand. <laughs> they're gross. Do you know I got... We got um, I did a festival in Toronto, and yeah. it, was, it was sponsored by the company that made them, and they gave <laughs> all, all the comedians a free one, apart yeah. from me. I was the only girl on the bill, and they, didn't give me, they were like, we didn't think you'd want it. Charming. <laughs> they were right then. No, I would have like if you're going to give the boys one, give yeah. me one. Like quality. Yeah. Come on now. Quality. I used to do. There's a. Uh, there's a. Oh God, now I can't remember the charity. But there's a charity that's about promoting sexual he- awareness and health for young people, and they always gave the. They would do a charity gig, and you get a big bag of sex toys. Oh, at the end. amazing! But I don't, I'm into them. But I'm very self-conscious as a person, and especially so in. But I find the act of sex quite embarrassing. Do and you? something that should just be, you know, carried out alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then still be shameful. And so I, feel, I would feel too uh, self-conscious to employ That's a, shame a lot of these things. Um, that you're that insecure. Well, I'm a very good lover, so it's all right. I don't need... I don't need <laughs> because I'm so insecure and, uh, and self-conscious, it actually you know, it goes on for light, a long time. Turn the light on. Turn the light on? Turn it on. Yeah. yeah. But then, then having a little thing that goes... <laughs> there's, like, there's a little thing that's on a... It's like loads of tongues, but it's on a wheel. I mean, I think I just think it's sort of embarrassing. Like, I think with a vibrator, I once was with a woman Do who wanted the... me to use a, vi- a vibrator with her, and you kind of kind of slightly insulted that I've, I've got. I don't. I've got no, one of these. I've got an actual. I've it's got a real insulting. one of these. I don't need to. It's not. If anything, it's a compliment. <laughs> Listen, I've got it one. It is. It's a compliment because you go. Oh, I like you that much. Yeah. I'm going to introduce you to my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's not. It's I don't like it that much, and ideally I'd live in a world where it was just a, a penis. Yeah. And I didn't have well. to have you mo- even moving it around. And it's it was, it was rock what, solid. I'll t- tell you what women find hotter yeah. if you're just not intimidated. If you get all intimidated and like, mm, why do you need that? Like, yeah. it's what you're, I'm bored, we're done. Yeah. If you're what like, if yes, babe, then it's like, oh, hello. Okay. I'll learn from that. Well, so go, if I just go, I'm finding this embarrassing. Yeah, then you've ruined everything. And we haven't even brought sex toys into this yet. Yeah. Then that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's very self-conscious. And yeah. it's very, so you've got to let go, right? I find that very difficult in, in everything. That's why I can't ever be happy, because I always think about um, all the bad things that could go wrong. I do feel like that sometimes. Sometimes I like panic about things. Sometimes like, a, a tube or a train will come past, and I'm like, just jump in front of it. And then I don't. Yeah. If you're going to kill yourself, don't do it that way, because it's just, it's an annoying way to kill yourself. If you don't, I mean, don't kill yourself. No, but it's not to kill yourself, but but it's almost like the risk, it's the same, like, I don't like going to the edge of a really high building, just because I'd be like, yeah, yeah, all right then. Yeah, I fucking will. And I'll jump. Not to kill myself. You haven't done it so far, though, I'm guessing. No, I know, but I don't go to the edge, that's why. Because it's almost like a, I was having this conversation the other day, and they said maybe it's a control thing, It's, it's to gain control of the situation. I think it is. So I you feel like, but, but, but obviously you're not in control because you're dead. But, yeah. but for the moment that you're flying in the air. <laughs> I think thinking about it is a control thing. I think doing it is a stupid thing to yeah. do. Unless yeah. you, you know, don't want to be alive anymore. No, but which don't. Is in but call is somebody. If you are having those thoughts and listening to this programme, please do speak to somebody um, because <laughs> that's not the way to go. Don't kill yourself because like, life don't kill is, yourself. You, know, you never know what's going to happen and next. And it can turn around in a, in a, well, in it's just in a moment. In, it's interesting to find out what happens next, isn't it? It's like if you're... Yeah. If you were reading a book and we're halfway through the book, even if it's boring, it might get better. No, some books are really <laughs> shit. <laughs> might no, turn but, it into does a turn, video. but it does turn around, and I do think that is an important thing to say. Like, I think having a shitty time is very human and very normal, it is. and it's very, very, um, it should be encouraged. If you're having a shitty time, wallow in it, enjoy <laughs> it. Literally, don't wash and eat pizza every day. Like, just wallow in the self pity and self loathing. It will go away eventually. It will. And like, I was, I wasn't talking about happiness because I do this is my show. But when you're happy, you, you know, you, if you're actually happy, you're at the kind of peak. Yeah. And the only way is down from. Yeah, the, of course. Whereas if you're unhappy, at least you have the hope that only you might not. Way is up. Well, it's good. You can kind of think that I'm really at the bottom, but you know, there's somewhere to go from that. Think of those poor pricks at the top who are happy yeah it's only right. going to go wrong for them and then they're going to come down to this Seesaw's and they've go been the happy way, and they'll know how bad yeah. it is once you've been happy being really unhappy is yeah. going to be the worst yeah so you know if you're unhappy and you've never been happy fucking enjoy that take some reverie in that yeah, absolutely you're the best person I the agree with you <laughs> I do get a lot of emails from people who are depressed and so uh, and do say this is this show somehow helps them <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not sure how that works, but I'm very glad. It's one of the loveliest things that happens about this podcast. Yeah, of is that largely people who've come through their depression email me. So if you are listening, it gets better, honestly. And be happy. Try and, just try and be happy. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'm very helpful. I'm very You're helpful. great. You're Stop being so mentally ill. Great. <laughs> and, and, speak, yeah. and then be. Stop um, being mental. Smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out there. Get over it. Jesus. And just see what no, But I just think that I just think, however, I mean, I've been through times when I was, I was kind of really depressed there lots mm. of times. And it's horrible. Um, but, you know, it's, I always think. I want to, you know, I, I don't really want to die just because I don't want to. I no, want to see what happens die, next. That's you... all it is, really. It's a shame to miss out on the next awful atrocity that humanity <laughs> commits. You know, what will be the next thing we do? And then if you're dead, you miss out on that. So stay, hang around to see what it is. See what you happens. might be involved in it. 
Fingers crossed. <laughs> you can video it, and, you know, with a bit of luck. Yeah. At least the video will survive. Get it online. <laughs> It's a horrible world. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Uh, so, um, as nice as they once were... Oh, hold on, I've still... I can't come way half through your question. Uh, kettle crisps are not oh, as nice as yes. they once were. I agree. Yeah. Have I changed or have they? Don't answer that. That's a rhetorical question. But also, do you remember Brannigan's yeah. beer nuts with the skin on? Yeah. Oh, these would be amazing. You can't get them anywhere now. No. Gutted. They oh, well, were that so might answer good. the question. If you could travel back in time to compare any food of today with an equivalent in the past. What time would you go to, firstly, and also what would the... T- second is a two-part question. What food would it be that you tasted? I would go back to 1994 right. to Farnborough Recreation Centre, swimming on a Sunday at 2pm, mm. when I would go with my brothers and with my stepdad, and he would go to the to the bar and simple, and we'd get us all a pack of Brannigan's beer nuts. Right. And now, if you go here, it's like some shitty, ready, salted, salted, yeah. fucking bullshit. It's a, it's a lovely bar here at the Leicester Square. <laughs> overpriced. <laughs> overpriced. Overpriced. Snacks. Small package. <laughs> shitty, out of date, fucking peanuts. Whereas in 1994, they'd give you a fucking bag that you could go. They were, I'd forgotten about them. They were so good, and like that's found... a real Peter K moment for me. That is, that yeah. is a thing that I thought I'd forgotten about, but I hadn't forgotten about. And they were, and I, the they were so, were and the skin were... would come off. And the only place yeah. I found them was recently, as in an airport in Sydney. I oh. found a bag, and I bought loads, but then I wasn't allowed them on the plane. That's what I was going to say. You're not prepared. I know. I was gutted. I had like a mouthful, box. and then they were like, "You have to get rid of them." And I was like, "For fuck's sake!" You weren't allowed to even have the ones in your mouth. No, I, have the, I, I swallowed them and like savoured the moment. But I'll be yeah. back, Sydney. I'll come get you. That's brilliant. That's a very good answer. Well, thanks. Um, what is the worst emergency you've ever been involved in? That is an emergency question on two levels, ladies and gentlemen, that you should appreciate more. Most of you haven't. I don't heard think it I've ever. I don't think I myself, touch wood, have ever been in an emergency. No. I did have. I was doing a gig once, right, and. Um, that this um, this guy was being a dick. I thought he was being a dick. So I kind of um, was a dick back to him. And then the audience started chanting, like, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And I was like, charming, like, what have I done wrong? <laughs> and um, he was having a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, what was happening is that he was, like, in the chair. but I Because the light's so bright on stage, you see, so I, I didn't know what was going on. I just thought he was being, like, fucking rude. So I was like... He's, he's, he's so fucking not used to having a woman on set. I was a proper dick. And um, next thing I know, these men in like yellow jacket, they were the ambulance. But I was like, why are they men in yellow jacket? What the fuck is going What is wrong with you lot? And they were carrying him out and he had a heart attack. So. Uh, Did he survive? I, d- I don't know, but um, I got paid. I got paid yeah. and left. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's. Um, I yeah. once had a guy uh, c- collapse when I was talking, talking cock. I'd talk about. Um, Friendlum Brevet, which is when the uh, banjo string on the penis snaps. Ouch. Happens, Ow. happens very often. My imaginary penis just shriveled. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quite nasty idea. Uh, and there's a lot of blood. Is that like your Achilles heel? Well, I suppose it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's probably the Achilles heel of the tiny man. It's <laughs> a little reference there. Um, uh, and he... And he, and he, uh, he Faint. I saw him collapse. I thought he had died. You all he, snapped. No, he, I, t- I was just talking about oh. it. I thought you I said. Talk, I, thought I was talking about the idea oh, of someone else's and blood coming out. And this guy, I saw him go, and he just fell, and he fell down the stairs. 
And he was all right, but he just fainted. He got taken out. I thought he'd died. So it was quite difficult to carry on, but I carried on. Ah. Uh, but then that guy, uh, he sometimes comes to these gigs. He, inv- he, inv- he invited me to his wedding. Uh, because uh, this, what, uh, did you help him then well not you... really but because through that that became an anecdote and he emailed me telling me it was alright and his friends emailed me and then I was going on holiday to um, Trinidad and Tobago on my own good man and uh, he said I'm getting married in Tobago while you're in oh, Trinidad and Tobago come across so I went across and went to his wedding <laughs> <laughs> and I just dressed in my sh- I didn't have any nice clothes with me. I was just dressed in shorts and stuff, and it was like a Hindu wedding, and everyone else was dressed up really nicely. Oh, I, I, w- I wouldn't want to touch his penis again after that. I'd be so yeah. like, oh, you poor penis. Yeah. Well, after the wedding. <laughs> just getting married would be that bad. Well, no, uh, yeah. No, it heals, apparently. Yeah, but how long does it... Does he have to exercise it? Like, does he have to, like, you well, know... Well, I think that's the problem. I think the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that happens, yeah. Wow. I like that, that frisson of... The friction of sometimes having sex where things aren't quite lubricated enough or just by having sex a lot of times Aww. can cause it. So don't have sex, that's what... Or when you're having sex, be aware that it could happen and then you'll be as self-conscious as I am about sex. But if you're just thinking, oh, could the next thrust be the one? I'm not sure I can ever enjoy sex again. But it'll make you a good lover because you'll go on for a long time though with a slightly flaccid element to it. Good to be careful. Uh, I do know a lot about penises. Yeah, do all your podcasts go like this? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're nothing special. Don't think this is... I'm not flirting with you with my damaged penis material. (laughs) (laughs) This happens to everyone. Um, (laughs) uh, I've seen what my other new emergency questions are. Um, I I won't ask you that one. What about the sport is intrinsically stupid? I don't care. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) I just don't care. I don't have the time. or the, I just really don't care. Okay. Next. Do you remember the TV show Spitting Image? No. Okay. <laughs> the problem with that question is, you know, young people don't know what I'm talking about. They wouldn't be able to pick out the... I used to write... I've got two sketches on Spitting Image. I wrote Spitting Image. That's great. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> so it was one of the first things... <laughs> one of the first things I did. I wrote the one about Mr Kipling's cakes. Remember that one? Is that, uh, is that a famous I, sketch? No, it isn't. And I wrote, I wrote one about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Doc Cotton teaming up as an unlikely pairing of cops. That sounds quite yeah, fun. That sounds good, yeah. I'll look it up on YouTube. It's you on YouTube. You should look it up. You should look it up. It was good. Uh, if, uh, uh, oh, no, that's not, well, that one does not apply. Why doesn't it apply? Because it's, uh, you don't have children. And it's, have you ever left your children behind? <laughs> so that's why it doesn't apply. So I wasn't going to ask you, but now I've created Hi. an awkward atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you quite a lot of these backstage, so that's why I could keep on. Uh, if you had to get married to one of the Muppets, which of the Muppets would you get married to? Uh, the big yellow bird one. Oh, yeah, I don't like him. Why? I just think he's uh, supercilious. <laughs> I find him arrogant. It's because in Elmo's song, which I realise I mentioned for the third time now, but this is my life now, is mainly listening to Elmo's song. <laughs> Uh, he's very sarcastic to Elmo. In, in, uh, Elmo makes up a very good song. <laughs> Given it's made up, it's fucking catchy, right? He's just made up. <laughs> and then Big Bird goes, ooh, to think he made that up on his own. He's trying to be encouraging, but he's being sarcastic. And, he's, and Elmo is much better than Big Bird, so Big Bird can fuck off. <laughs> if you're going to marry... They're actually Sesame Street characters, not the Muppets, so they, they, the whole thing is a, oh, the is whole it? thing has turned into a travesty. <laughs> Who's in the 
Muppets then? They're the, uh, the, the adult ones. They're all in it. Those ones are all in it. Yeah, them two. I love two of them. Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, all sorts. I there thought is. they're Sesame Street. No, they're they're the, they're a very different program. Is it? Yeah, mm, it's all the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's mainly puppet based. Muppets, I'm, puppets. I have, I'm kind of obsessed with puppets. I don't know if there's something happened to me in my past. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Don't like to bring it up, but it's made me like puppets a lot. So a lot of my questions are either penis or puppet based for some reason. Puppet very penis. few of them about, and that, you know. If you had to have sex with one of the Muppets, which one would you have sex with? Whichever one... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. The bird. Big bird. Is a prick? Going, oh, this is really good sex. Fuck off. <laughs> Shut up, big bird. <laughs> We'd have really cute little yellow babies. <laughs> would. Um, okay, so... Um, Oh, you run just, out of emergency questions. I haven't run out. You? I've got so many that it's uh, just it's, aren't relevant it's overwhelming. To I'm just trying to childless avoid, female. I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> why can't everyone be babies? <laughs> That's my question to you. Why can't everyone be babies? Yeah, good, wouldn't it? It would be lovely, actually. Yeah. So yeah. why can't that happen? I don't know. It would be nice. It would yeah. be nice if everybody. It'd be nice if everybody um, listened to. They're more like their inner child. I think. No, they People are, are more actually like babies. Child. Oh, actual babies. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone became a baby. It just happened bang like that. There'd be a magic crystal. Everyone would be a baby. We'd be sitting there going. He would oh. feed them. No, they would die. <laughs> Still die out. Good. Wouldn't that be but a good for a, like an hour or two? That'd be a good way to die out rather than that nuclear thing yeah. like if we just like somehow over evolutionary time we just stopped developing yeah. and just were born and died yeah <laughs> be nice. not a nice be way born, to go we just went we were babies then just everything you know i think in the baby wouldn't be aware of its own death it wouldn't it be you don't know that it'd be hungry and then covered in shit and then <laughs> and then unhappy yeah, no, it'd be, be happy. Happy well, baby. I've just thought it through. It'd be terrible. It'd be a happy, terrible happy thing. Happy, happy baby. Terrible thing to happen. Um, uh, oh, I'll tell you what, I've got some... I've got to, what I should ask, if I can find them quickly, is I've got some emergency questions I'm meant to ask oh. uh, that people have paid to ask. So I think I'll try one of those out on you. Just fill time for a sec. Okay. To talk about... Um, Beyonce or something. For a uh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm straight in. Oh. Uh, in fact, one of them is... Q O'Sullivan was asked, "What is the most criminal act you've committed as a child?" Uh, but, Thank uh, you, Hugh. Great uh, question. But, uh, I think I also came up with that question independently, so the joke's on Hugh. He's wasted his money. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll ask you, Matthew Plumridge's Plumridge. Oh. That's that's uh, that's quite a good Plum name Ridge. for the uh, the old banjo string, isn't it? Uh, that's the the Plumridge is that when it carries on onto your testicles, that little where they fuse together, Matthew Plumridge. I did, had no like idea it was such a phallic-based podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, you know, I know, no, but... I don't mind. It's okay, fine. Cool. Just lots of... Well, this is rude. Would you prefer to shit yourself every time you saw someone eat a banana or orgasm slash ejaculate every time you saw your mother-in-law, father-in-law? <laughs> no, it doesn't, you know. We can make that That is a great question. <laughs> I mean, it's all right for you at the moment because you don't have a mother-in-law or father-in-law. No, but, but if I, I had one, I, I hope I liked him. Yeah. And that would, be, that would be very indicative of how strong our relationship is. So I, I think the latter. I think I'd rather ejaculate every yeah. time I saw my mother and father-in-law. Yeah, It'd I be think amazing. I would. And also then, like, I don't know what the stereotype is, you know, like, 
parents or whatever, no, then they'd never come around for Christmas. I'd never have to see them, would they? Because, <laughs> like, the husband, he'd feel all inferior, and like, oh, why do you always, like, why can you only come when my dad comes around? <laughs> I'm like, it's not my fault, babe. It's uh, your man, Plumridge. I mean... He cast the spell. I think it'd be kind of easy to avoid your mother-in-law and father-in-law, where it's harder to... It's harder no, to avoid eat, seeing someone banana, eating a banana. And then you shit yourself. That'd be yeah. so humiliating. I know, but that's a difficult thing to... That's what I mean. It'd be a difficult thing to avoid. Yeah, it'd be horrible. Because you can't... I mean, unless you went around with your eyes covered all the time and then just said to... Is anyone eating a banana in this room? You'd have to have a trusted friend who nah. you knew wouldn't But what if you got to someone's car and they had, like, a banana skin? Then do you, like, trump a lot? Like, yeah. how does it work? Well, I don't think Matthew Plumridge... Thought that through. Plumridge... Yeah, I wouldn't want to shit myself all the okay. time. I hate shit. I shat myself on Valentine's Day two years ago and it was so humiliating. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it again. No. I had a bum operation once. Did you? Oh, it was so humiliating. Yeah. I don't, I'm not into like bum jokes or no. anal or any of that. No, thank no. you. Or bum bum operations. Bum operations. Is that because you've now, you've had a bum operation? I had a bum so operation. Bum no I had like six men look at my butt crack. Yeah. Like, it was in an army doctor, so they were, like, on training. And so they were like, oh, this is our patient, Louisa. Spin around. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I had to, like, roll over. And, yeah. then, like, they opened the flap. And then they were like, oh, this is Louisa's bum. And I was like, this is so humiliating. And they all looked at my butt. And, yeah, I've got a scar on my bum. Did they solve the problem, the bum problem? Yeah, it fixed itself. But yeah. it just, it's, I mean, it just makes me depressed when I think about it. <laughs> And so that's why I don't like putting a finger up men's bottoms yeah. or any attempt at anal. Okay, well, uh, we'll leave my bum alone. We'll bear that in mind. Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's good to advertise that in a podcast form because then people I just people will know. You know, that's nice to know. Think More people should say that. Yeah, like I don't. Um, I once a woman tried to put a champagne bottle up my ass. I did not enjoy that. Do you know once somebody poured me and my boyfriend yeah. at the time we got a bit frisky with champagne. You know when you're like getting a bit frisky and like oh I pour champagne all over your body and lick it off and he poured it down me and I think I had like an allergic reaction. It started stinging. I had to run to the bath. It was so painful. <laughs> so don't use champagne. Don't do that. Champagne's yeah. not in, in sex too. She yeah. said I thought you might like it and I said well, no. No. I didn't. That didn't yeah. <laughs> no, it's never as sexy as it sounds. No. Like it always is like, oh, champagne bottle up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then the reality is, it's very painful. Yeah. Always just check before, just before, just ask before. Just ask. Would you like any? But I don't think the things in the bottle as well. This is a very strange could... podcast, Thank isn't you. it? I mean, I it's really not... didn't think it was going to go. Okay, I'll ask you another of the emergency... These are quite good emergency questions, which most times I get suggested emergency questions, and they're not good. Are they? So I'm glad the ones that people paid for aren't terrible. Okay. Because I, you know... Well, let's let's be the judge of that, shall we? Tim Turner says, Richard Dawkins claims to have seen dogs doing a 69. What's the worst lie you have told to impress people? It doesn't need the first bit, but that is a useful, <laughs> it's a useful <laughs> indicator. It's a very good question. That's what's the worst lie. What's the worst lie you've ever told to impress people? If it was the one about people looking at your bum crack, that was, yeah, that, was, was <laughs> that was a lie. That was, that, was, a, that was it. I don't really like. I don't really do. I'm not, have I lied to? I, mean, I, I do mean, lie. I, I like people who lie. I mean, I don't. I'm very honest. I think you're very yeah. honest as well. Because that's there's no need to lie. No, no. But like in the news, I'm really trying to get Brian Blessed as a guest on this, uh, which I haven't managed to do yet. 
But he said this week Come in on, the news Brian. that he, in the 1960s, he'd, he'd been out jogging and a woman had started giving birth and he delivered the child, bit, bit off the umbilical cord and then licked the baby's face before giving it back. That is definitely a that's lie. A that's lie. definitely that's just def- that's a that lie. definitely didn't happen. That's a lie. And I think you know Brian Blessed. When I met Brian Blessed, uh, he told me oh, that I met him once at a party, and, he, and I said, "Oh, what's how are you doing? What's going?" He said, "Oh, I'm just training to go. I'm going on a mission to Mars with NASA. And I'm changing. <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm training to go to Mars." <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think he was doing a TV show that, about that, but he but he made it sound as if he was going. They'd selected four human beings to go to Mars, and one of them was Brian Blessed. <laughs> Presumably, they'd seen like Flash Gordon and thought it was real or something. Like that. So I think he's just he's a liar. A, he's it's a like CJ from Eggheads is a liar. He's just a liar. Right to get him on. But now I've said this. CJ from Eggheads claims he pushed a man in a canal and may have killed him. It's just a lie. Lie. And that, and that bloke said that David Cameron had sex with a pig's head. It's just a lie. I love oh, people who lie. It's just a lie. I know you want it to be true. That's it the way is good. True. That's the way good lies work. He said he made it up. No, no. I think he. I think that's a made-up story. No, it's not. You want it to be no, true. No, it's, it's not. It is true. It's totally true. You can tell by his face. <laughs> that's what. You can totally you can tell, tell it's true. You want it to be he's true. that kind of. He's. He's. He would have easily given up to given into peer pressure. David Cameron does not look the kind of dude that would be like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. He would have fucking totally been sucked off by a pig. Like that's totally what he would have done. Mm. Don't I, try and I, don't try and why are you sticking I'm up for David Cameron? I'm not trying to stick up for him. I just don't. I would love it to be true. I just don't think it's true. Yeah, but why believe? It, believe. But then that's what we get into a world where whatever anyone says is true. Yes, David Cameron fucked a pig. That's a, ter- that's a terrible world. It's not. It's not worth losing David Cameron for that awful world to, to enter. Um, what's it like uh, being part Polish? Is that working out all right for you? Uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really hitting. Are you completely Polish? Are you completely British? I'm British. No, I'm British. I was born and raised in Britain. I'm British. I've got an English accent. I'm British. All right. Yay. Right. Thank you. British. British till I die. Your heritage is your parents Polish. Fine. They're both Polish. But I'm Why British. don't you piss off back to Poland where you came from? Excuse me. I was fucking born here. Right. I'm trying to get the UK. My mother can. Jog on. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. Yeah, it's not. It's not doing much. Like I'm not hitting any. Like I thought I could use it for like this whole, you know, like ethical quota yeah. boxes. But no one's into like no. Polish people. It's because I look too white. And is it a Polish name, Armelan? Uh, not really, but Magorzata is. is. Right. And that's my middle one. Okay. So, but not people oh, really know okay. that. Not a lot. Well, we found something out through my. Racism. Uh, my racism. My racism has proven worthwhile. I, I, I you know, I, I want everyone in the world to come. I think what the great thing about Britain is that everyone in the world lives here. They're all different nationalities are here, and I want the people who don't like that to go and live somewhere else. Yeah. Why can't we just put them... I think the yeah. Isle of Man would work quite well, because I think they're quite like that there anyway. Yeah. You don't want to judge. Uh, but... <laughs> There's enough room on the Isle of Man, I think, for all of the UKIP people to go yeah. and live together, yeah. and the rest of us can have the the interesting I cuisine. Of, uh, I, I love I love being British. I think Britain gets a, a hard slog. Like I think the majority of British people are, are very um, uh, good, welcoming, nice, lovely people. And I'm, when I'm here, I'm always like, I'm British, I'm British. But actually, I don't feel. I think I feel quite 
you know, cosmopolitan. I've been so influenced by different cultures and different people. But when I go abroad, I'm always really proud to be British. Even though they try and be like, oh, especially if you go to like Spain or Greece, they're like, oh, British girls are slags. And you're like, yeah, and what? <laughs> That's why I'm proud to be That's British. why I'm proud to be British. No, but like, no, it's like I'm, Britain's a great country. I'm so grateful to my mum for coming over here. Could you imagine if I was born over in Poland, trying to do fucking stand-up in Polish? Jesus. <laughs> I would have been married to my cousin and been on my sixth child by now. Like, it would have been devastating. So, thanks, mum. <laughs> Hooray for a great Britain. We are yeah. fantastic here. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. I'll just uh, probably uh, try and ask. I'm going to get one. Oh, th- Yes. I have to ask you this, and I don't know which way it's going to go. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Sorry. But in a past life, I was a black African queen. Okay. I knew we'd get there eventually. So uh, So, how do you know that? Because uh, when you know, you know. (laughs) That's the earrings of stage. (laughs) I was born with these earrings, so I know. Yeah, when you know, when you know, you know. <laughs> I once went to go see a therapist uh, and uh, a psychic in the same day, and my uh, my therapist said, <laughs> my therapist said I've got issues because I was a middle child, so I always struggled to be heard and, uh, and listened to. And my psychic said it's because in a past life I was a black African queen, <laughs> and I was like, both of you are right. Yes. <laughs> it's true of every middle child, I believe, that they were once a black African queen. No, it's no. Excuse me. There's only one black African queen around here. Thank you very much. Past life. Angola was there. Uh, I mean, Angola. I'm glad yeah. we've got more specific. Yeah, because otherwise it would be just awfully racist. How is it uh, racist? So, uh, That's not ra- it's not racist, <laughs> is it? Them. It's not. Uh, just to go, uh, you're a black African queen. I'm glad they got more specific. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Have I'm, you looked up the, the ex queens of Angola and worked out which one was you? No, it's too painful. It's too that. painful to go back into the history at all. <laughs> I'd rather just. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just. I know it's in there. Yeah. Have you ever been to Angola? Uh, obrigado. That's uh, Angolan for <laughs> go. <laughs> no. I think you'd be a good queen. Right? I think yeah, I would be very regal. Angola, you know, uh, not regal. An, regal. I think you should start in Angola and then work your way out. I will them. be the Angolan queen of comedy, quite yeah. happily. <laughs> That's my title. You can't steal it. I won't. I'll make. Don't even the, try. I, I know what you're like. I'm going to make it the title of this episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big round of applause for Louise Armelan. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Louisa Omelan. It's, I, you know, I, I've done these credits every week and I always have a moment where I forget what comes next. The music is by Pess. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Strike for all their hard work. That includes all the crew as well who are sitting around on their phones while I'm saying this. Uh, thank you also to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. It includes all the people at the bars. They're getting ready in the bars when I'm reading this out. We've done it beforehand. Uh, thank you to my producer, Dave Cribb. This is a Go Faster Stripe Fuzz and Sky Potato production. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you would like us to make more of these, go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges. You can make a one-off donation, get a badge, make a one-off donation and not get a badge, or you can make a monthly donation and all that. The monthly donation money will go towards hopefully making some more as it occurs to me. Uh, in return for that, you get access to a secret channel, you get a badge, you get a, an email most months telling you of secret stuff coming up. Uh, you get an entry into a competition every month where you can win lots of crazy prizes. So... Think about doing that if you like or just carry on enjoying this for nothing and maybe tell your friends about it because the more people who listen to it, then some of them might give us some money instead of you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.